Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at makermompodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello, welcome to episode five of the Maker Mom podcast. And today's episode is just a little bit different. I am going to be playing for you an interview that I did with Kay from Kay at Home, one of uh, our Canadian makers. I did this interview a few months ago um, when I originally started doing interviews for my um, daily mompreneur blog that I have on my website. And I started the interviews really because I was like, well, who wants to read just the story of one person all the time? And I wanted to incorporate other uh, mompreneurs or maker mom stories. And that's really kind of the genesis for the whole idea for the podcast. So I got quite a bit of interest and engagement with the interview with Kay. She is super nice. Um, does some amazing work with wood and resin. Um, You should go check out her page for sure if you're not familiar with her. And I will be including links to check her out in the show notes, so you'll have to check into that. Um, But yeah, so this interview is one of the first interviews I did that I started sharing on my blogs. So forgive me, um, I don't ask quite as many questions, and I probably at least me, seem a little nervous uh, because I haven't done too many of them up to the point of this interview. Anyways, I will quit rambling and leave you to it. So enjoy today's show, episode five with Kay from Kay at Home. My name is Kay Casey, and first and foremost, a mom of a a wonderful 13-year-old daughter, uh, soon to be 14, and uh, for all of you have heard the teens can be pretty scary. I'm actually really blessed because <laughs> she's a great kid. <laughs> Knock on wood, which I have plenty of. But um, yeah, no, she's a wonderful, wonderful girl. And uh, so first and foremost, that is my number one job is being uh, Madison's mom. And then following that, I am a maker and artisan and own my own company, which is Kay at Home. And... Um, do you want me to get into how all that started? Um, sure, yeah, the, because that's the, you know, next question is, so how long have you been a maker and artisan and how you, how did you get started? Um, I started, uh, in October of 2016, so I'm, I'm quite new at it actually, so, uh, prior to October of 2016, I'd been running a different small business that I'd started just a year before that in the fall of 2015. And I was volunteering at my daughter's school um, to do a garden makeover and redesign the school's outdoor spaces. And with that, I was fortunate that um, I guess my work was widely noticed within my community. So people began 
to ask the school administrators who's doing your landscaping, <laughs> and they would say, that's a student's mom volunteering to redo the gardens. And from that, I, I uh, affectionately became known as Garden Mom. <laughs> and I, I uh, created a small business under that name. And so during spring of 16 to late fall of 16, I was able to redesign you know, like several gardens and properties in my community. And then it was fall of 2016 and the Canadian winter was about to hit. And Lord knows you can't landscape here in the winter. <laughs> so um, in mid-October, I went to the barn board store in Hamilton, actually. And that was my very first time ever going into any such store. And... I bought my very first piece of black walnut, and I made a sign for my sister, and I was hooked. So by February of the following year, 2017, I changed my business name from Garden Mom to K at Home, and here I am almost two years later. Awesome. So is this, yeah. um, is that like your single source of income then? No, no, okay. it's not my single source of income, but um, it... Uh, you know, certainly during the first couple of years, I think you go through a lot of, you know, you, you get what you invest. Mm -hmm. so you, you know, there's always initial startup. It's, it's, and that's what I'm, I'm in right now is the mm -hmm. initial startup phase still as I build my tools and clients and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, so far so good. It's been, it's been fun. Awesome. Um, so you said you did the sign. That was your first kind of uh, woodworking yeah. experience. So was that the first yeah. time you ever picked up a tool, or do you have any previous experiences with using tools? I had zero experience. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even own any. That first piece of walnut that I mentioned uh, needed sanding. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay. So I bought a small sander, and I think it was like a little Black & Decker sander, and that was the very first tool I purchased, and I had no clue what grit meant or what it does, um, but, you know, quickly was able to, to catch on, and that that was it. From there, I was I was hooked. I thought, well, this is great, and mm -hmm. I, I just kept, kept going, went back, bought more products, and... You know, um, initially thinking I would just sort of make things for family and friends, but realized uh, there was so much that I would love to make, and it just kept evolving, I guess, from that point. Okay. So were you intimidated at all when you got that first tool? Was it, I'm sorry, was I rich? Were you intimidated at all by getting that first tool? Oh, intimidated? Um... Yeah, I suppose. Uh, not really knowing okay. what I was doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think having some, some guidance from uh, certainly people at, when I did purchase that first piece of walnut and sort of what to do certainly helped. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things I think once you, you get going, you figure it out pretty quickly. And, yeah. So, okay. so there we go from there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, what did you find, like, most useful as far as um, 
learning how to use, you know, not just that first tool, but other tools afterwards. Um, you know, what did you use as resources to figure oh, that I, out? The resources I use constantly to this day are within the community. I'm really blessed to have um, quite a few makers close by that I I can rely upon at any time to ask questions. Um, there's specific stores that I frequent, um, for example, say Exotic Woods in Burlington. There's A&M &M Mill in Cambridge. There's, like I mentioned, the Barn Board store in Hamilton. And in each place, I have excellent uh, connections. And I, I utilize those guys all the time. And any questions I have or um, any concerns of what I should do, they are perfect, perfect go-to guys. Awesome. It's nice to have resources nearby. And I would say oh, that okay. I feel like I feel like you Canadians luck out that way. I feel like if all oh, every, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like almost every um, maker account I follow, I swear to God, is almost Canadian. But um, oh, is that right? Oh, interesting. <laughs> it just seems yeah, yeah that there's a large maker community up there. There really is, actually. Like I, I feel very grateful that I can go, you know, left or right, up and down. I'll, I'll find somebody. Mm -hmm. They're close by. And they're running great businesses and excellent resources to go in. And, you know, it goes a long way when you bring them a box of Timbit donuts from Tim Hortons. Sit down and have a chat. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So you kind of already answered this a little bit um, with your mm -hmm. intro, but... Did you, um, I guess maybe more so I should change the question to be, how quickly did you realize that you could turn, you know, the, the woodworking making into a business? Um, well, I think, like, like I thought, like I said, initially it would just be like a family and mm -hmm. friends thing. And as it started to... Like, say, for example, I would make something for a friend, and, you know, it's word of mouth. They would show somebody else, and they'd say, oh, where did you get that? How much did you pay for that? And it's one of those things. That's how it, mm -hmm. it kind of evolved. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I could make this and, and sell it, then that's great. So mm -hmm. that's that's where it, that's how it started to transition, essentially, was from, um people seeing my work and, you know, requesting an item or items and offering to pay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know what, I might as well keep going and, and see where this takes me. And I certainly, I didn't imagine in less than two years I'd be participating in some of these events that I am. And I'm so grateful for the uh, opportunities and so grateful to now be in three local retail stores and you know it just it my business and myself it just continues to evolve and uh, I'm certainly grateful for every opportunity that comes my way and accept challenges even when I think oh that's too big for me I still try and figure my way through it awesome 
So how do you yeah. manage being an active mom, maker, and businesswoman all at the same time? Well, that, I was very fortunate to be a stay-at-home mom with my daughter, with Madison, and it wasn't until she was almost 11 years old when I started to um, venture back to the outside of the house working world. Mm-hmm. And that was the garden volunteering that I'd mentioned earlier. So my daughter now, being a young teenager, her, her age and her maturity most certainly plays a big factor with my being able to devote additional time to my business. Um, I think it, it definitely would have been far more challenging starting up if she was a toddler now. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge kudos to all that can do that. Um, but being able to set my own hours is a big factor, and my family is very supportive of my work, and we just we were able to balance schedules and make it all work. Awesome. Um, and I would agree, yes, the uh, the toddlers can make it difficult <laughs> to uh, get stuff done yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite part about being a maker? My favorite part? Um, <clears throat> great question. Uh, I think I would say seeing seeing a vision through to completion. So... For example, if I see what looks like um, like a messy, frumpy old stump in the corner of a wood shop, mm-hmm. and then turning that into something beautiful and giving it life again, I think that is my favorite part. But from what it started as, and it's almost like it looked sad and lonely in the corner, and now it's become, <laughs> you know, there's something mm-hmm. so shiny. And that that's by far my favorite part. Awesome. So would you say, um, just kind of my, out of my own curiosity, would you say that yes. you get your design ideas by seeing the, the piece of wood first, or are there occasions where you have an idea and then you're kind of hunting for that perfect piece of wood to um, meet that both. vision? Both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, both. Um, yeah, definitely, both happen constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend yeah. to. I have a ten by ten storage unit that's packed full of wood, <laughs> just from oh, um, yes. okay. <laughs> just what from seeing all these all these different pieces and going, that would make a perfect yeah. whatever, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You see it, and you're like, oh dear, that that could be this. <laughs> Yeah, I can that. And, and yes, absolutely, that happens all the time. And sometimes, if I'm, you know, say out with my mom or whatever, and we're looking at different things, or I drag her into the wood store again, <laughs> um, I'll say, "Oh, mom, this could be this," and she'll be like, "Oh, huh? really? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Look at it. What's perfect for that?" So that's my favorite part: is the vision, and then bringing that all the way through to the end. And then saying, see, Mom? <laughs> she'll say, oh, I'll have that at my house. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. then what's your favorite part about being a mom? Oh, being a mom. Oh, so many favorite parts. I don't, where do I begin? <laughs> I am 
I have this wonderful girl that calls me mom, so that right there is a favorite part. <laughs> um, I love how kind my daughter is. I love how funny she is. And, and as she, you know, ages and matures, um, I find at this age, we the way we communicate, the way we talk is just, on a different level, right, as she gets older. Mm-hmm. And I, I love her a bit because she's my daughter, but I really like her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's funny. Uh, she makes me laugh. She's very talented. Um, and I think when you become a parent, you're you're granted a, an incredible duty and obligation to properly teach and shape and guide your child with love and kindness. And my favorite part is I can literally see, like it's not tangible, but I can see her kind heart. And that makes me proud, definitely. Awesome. I'm looking yeah. forward to those days with my kiddos. Yeah, um. <laughs> it's, really, it's an interesting dynamic. And it as it, it's like they wake up, well, you know, with, when they're babies and then, they wake up and they're talking in a sentence, and you're like, huh? Yeah, let that happen. <laughs> and then it's the same with this transition. It's like she went to bed as a little girl and woke up as a young lady, and mm-hmm. now we're just having different conversations. And, yeah, it's really, it's very cool. Love it. Awesome. Um, yeah. So what, <clears throat> then it's going to be kind of a two-part question. First, do you feel like you face any challenges uh, being a maker and business owner in a traditionally male-dominated field? Um, I no, I would have to say I haven't experienced that as being a challenge for me whatsoever actually I I like I had mentioned with the stores around me and the makers around me I have a bunch of male maker friends mm-hmm. and I've always been able to work with them they've treated me with the utmost respect they're willing to teach and guide and answer questions so um, no not at all in fact one of the first makers I ever met when I started is Jack from uh, Son of a Woodcutter. So I call him Mentor Jack. So <laughs> shout out to Mentor Jack. Mentor Jack. Um, and he's been absolutely gracious and a great maker, always willing to help me. So, no, I haven't I haven't faced any challenges that I can speak of. In fact, just, just the opposite. Okay. So the yeah. second part of that question then is... <clears throat> Um, what's been your experience specifically interacting in the maker community as being a queer woman? Um, again, I would, I haven't had any challenges or, or disrespect that way. Um, Toronto has such a large gay community. Mm-hmm. I mean, we offer one of the largest annual pride celebrations in, in North America. It's massive, and 
thousands upon thousands of local residents and visitors come to Toronto for this celebration, and this has been going on for for years. So with these huge numbers, it's a celebration with gay and straight alike, transgender, bisexual. Um, so, excuse me, perhaps I think that makes being gay where I live maybe more commonplace mm -hmm. than in some other like urban areas. But, um, you know, I have a big old rainbow tattoo on my wrist, so it's out there. <laughs> like, it's there. And I and I don't hide it. And sometimes I, I joke with the boys, and you know, there's there's no problem whatsoever. I, I have never felt uh, in the maker community specifically any disrespect. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. So, what do you want uh, your daughter to learn from your work as a maker and entrepreneur? Uh, well, I think being an entrepreneur in in any level or facet requires self-discipline because um, it's really up to you if you're going to make it work or not. There's mm -hmm. nobody to set your schedule or tell you it's time to get up and go to work. I mean, it's really up to you. So I would want my daughter to learn that, um, you know, she's, certainly capable to do whatever she desires as well as long as she's prepared to have the same self-discipline and work hard and she's an incredible artist um, I mean I can barely draw a stick man to this day you saw my stick man Elvis right? <laughs> <laughs> if I was to draw it today it probably would be worse <laughs> than when I was six so yeah I can't draw like at all with Madison she is an amazing artist and you know i think for her and, and she as well feels that she would like to use her drawing talent into into a career and uh, i've no doubt in my mind she'll be very successful in in putting her creativity to work for sure but uh, you know as long as from me she's seeing self-disciplined i think i think that would work do you think um, a her seeing you being, you know, making a go at it in a creative field, and b you being a creative person? Do you think that maybe gives you more of a mindset to encourage her going in a oh, artistic and creative direction? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. She um, she herself uh, is very much interested in the the arts she's actually wanting to do um you know like uh creativity with uh creating animation that's sort okay. of her mm -hmm. thing right now so by all means you know go for it i i, I completely encourage that and if, if she later decided to take up a completely different field Perfect. That's fine. As long as it works for you and she's happy, I'm totally fine with that. There's there's nothing I would want more. Is at the end of the day, you know, she she's happy. She's treated with respect, and she enjoys what she's doing, whether it be in making or drawing or, mm -hmm. or not. As long as she's okay, that's the main 
that's the main goal. Okay, great. Um, so, <clears throat> last question I have for you is, what would you say to another uh, mom in particular out there who, you know, has a desire to start creating or making whatever, um, but is mm -hmm. hesitant to get started? What would you say to her to kind of encourage her to go ahead and start? Um, you know what I would say, don't let, this is, this is from my own personal mm -hmm. experience, is don't let some of the numbers intimidate you or scare you or lure you away from, from a passion. And by that specifically, I mean I faced, uh, I was constantly looking at the Instagram numbers, for example, mm -hmm. and does this person like me or does that person like me or are you following me or what do you think of that? And you know what, at the end of the day, you have to let that go because it, it can really become difficult to continue what you want to do when you're too focused on what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. So do what you like to do. Make it work for you. And go for it. I I wouldn't I wouldn't hold back if you feel like it's something you want to start up. Go for it. And if you're, you know, initially getting ten followers, well, so be it. It'll go. Mm -hmm. It happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I would definitely say. Just keep keep plugging away and focus on on yourself. Awesome. And not other people's work. Although <laughs> other people's work is specifically. Like I can name so many that are just gorgeous. Right. But as far as I, what I mean by focusing on yourself is don't compare, because right. what you make and what somebody else makes, it's not the same. It's your hands touching one thing and their hands touching another, and it's it's just not the same. Both are equally beautiful. I think art. There's I think art. There's no right. There's no wrong. Which is why I love art, because it's perception. Mm -hmm. It really was such a pleasure to get to talk with Kay from Kay at Home up in Canada um, a while back for this interview. I just, um, I really enjoyed kind of her outlook on the process, her outlook on encouraging others to get into making, and um, it seems like she just approaches her work with a level of curiosity and play and I think that comes out in her work and it looks just absolutely gorgeous so again I will include how you can check out Kay um, on all the social media and her website in the show notes so don't forget to go check those out um, if you go to www.makermompodcast.com you can get to those show notes and we will be in for another great interview next week. Don't forget, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please hit that subscribe button and leave an awesome review and share it out with others so that more Maker Moms can hear these stories. All right, see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.